Itcher bitches. That's right. That's a great way to start this. Because <laughs> you're, you're alive. <laughs> so. Welcome you? to the center seat. I'm Kate. I'm KB, apparently. And it's our birthdays. Happy birthday. To us. Yes, ma'am. We are sitting on my back deck with our spouses and my dog and some very noisy wildlife. So apologies in advance if you can hear them. We have some drinks with us. And some cigars. And it's a beautiful night. We're living our best lives. So why did you want me to start recording here? Oh, I'm gonna need you to tell me about Magic Mike. It feels important. What, what, is, what do you want me to tell you? Uh, why you love it. It's a great movie. Because of Alex Pettifer? No, I'm <laughs> put it this way. I went into it not expecting anything, you know, hour 45 minutes, mind numbing, whatever. Sure. I know a lot of people are in it for the hot dudes, whatever. Not in it for Channing's acting. But I was pleasantly surprised that it was like. Because Matt Bomer? N no. That's why I was pleasantly surprised. Hey, KB. Hey, Kate. How's it going? It's good. We've got kind of a different episode for the listeners today. A hybrid, if you will. Oh, good work. Good work. Thank you. Thank you. On this episode, we're celebrating two of the greatest birthdays of all time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm just really glad that you didn't oversell that. No, no, no. By the yeah. time you hear this, we will be celebrating not only Miss Kate's birthday, but my birthday from earlier in the week. And we decided to go in a different direction with that. So we're going to have a little, I don't know, what would you call it, an impromptu recording? It was a casual session, a behind the scenes, if you will. Very much, very much. In addition to that, uh, with the news of movie theaters reopening, we have our first review, oh my gosh, since... For a new movie. Since March of a new movie. Yeah, what was the last one? Was it Ben Affleck? Um, I want to say... It was, it was Wendy. It was Wendy. Wendy. Yeah, you're right. So we go from Wendy to the new Russell Crowe action thriller, Unhinged. Unhinged. That's all I'm going to say about that for uh, now. So when we come back... my sound effect from the movie. Did you catch that? Yes, yes. We'll talk about <laughs> that. So when we get back, we'll get the birthday festivities started with our third host in spirit <laughs> and his interview with his daughter, the birthday girl. Aww. Yeah. All right. You're a, you're a champ. All right. Well, you can say hi to KB if you want. Hello, sir. How you doing? doing well, man. How are you? Always. How, how are you doing? Everything all right over there? Yeah, I think your daughter's trying to kill me, but besides that, what's new? <laughs> <laughs> it's not me, it's Ryan. Uh -huh. we, we like Ryan, it's okay. Uh -huh. Ryan's yeah, stuffed him full of wings and french fries and guacamole and whiskey. 
so I didn't even do it. I'm a happy man. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, that sounds really good. So since oh. this is the birthday episode, my questions for you are all about me. All right. <laughs> I can do this. I thought you could. What is your earliest memory of watching a movie with me? Oh, good question. Um, let me see. You know, I think it was in, boy, this was like probably 1986, maybe. And it would have been a Muppet movie. Whatever, whatever Muppet movie came out in 1986. That I, one. So why do you remember that? Because I definitely don't. Because you seem to like the Muppets when I put them on. <laughs> That's fair. I still you like really, the Muppets. You, know, you were, you were, you were yeah, you were enjoying it. You know, I mean, you were really having a good time watching these these Muppets. And I mean, I was very familiar with the Muppets by that time myself. So I was kind of like, well, I should introduce her to the Muppets and see if she likes them. She's loved the Muppets. And you did. I did. It was great, but I can't think of the movie. Yeah, well, we have somebody uh, looking it up right now. So we'll have an answer for oh, you good, soon. Good. Yeah, uh, that and I mean, the movies. Uh, I think it was The Goonies, I think, uh, was the one that I, I remember you kind of watching. I thought really? I am very sure I have never seen that movie. The Goonies. No, I'm pretty no, sure I haven't on. seen it. Yeah, no, no, I, I think it was on, but I, it could have been that you didn't, wasn't, wasn't interested in watching it. But I remember it was on and you were around. Okay, fair enough. I and, remember, uh, I remember watching Labyrinth at your house. Watching what? Labyrinth with David Bowie. Oh, okay, good, very good. Yeah, that was a good one. And I remember watching The Witches, and I still don't know if I've forgiven you for it. Why was that pretty stressful and traumatic? It was Angelica Houston taking her face off, and I'm still not okay. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I have another do you remember question. Very good. Okay. Um, do you remember when I got in trouble because I used to army crawl out and watch whatever you and Deb were watching next to the couch where you couldn't see me? I can definitely picture that, yes. I can picture, I mean, I don't know, I can't think of like a specific instance, but I'm, I can, like, in my mind is like picking up that this has happened more than once. Yeah, oh, 100%. There was one movie that involved... Like a guy floating in water, and I in my head it's Willem Dafoe, but I don't know. And it was okay. it was this moment of incredible tension because I wanted to see what happened, but I was also really sure I was about to get busted. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if it was uh, Sunset Boulevard. Could it have been Sunset Boulevard? No, I don't think so. It was in color. Oh, color. It was okay. in color. Yeah, it was really weird. Yeah. Yeah. And I definitely did get busted, 100%. You did? I did. Okay. It's a bummer. It's a bummer. Yeah. With all of the movies you love and all of the movies that you have have shared with people and shown to them, what would you say one of your very favorite, I got to introduce this person to this movie moments was that was just really satisfying? Oh, yeah. Uh, You know, I I gave, I think, like, when uh, I first talked, uh, last time on the show to, to you guys uh-huh. and that you asked me that question Katie asked me about the five movies that I like uh-huh. and I gave him six movies I'm pretty sure yeah that sounds <laughs> like you yeah 
And I think, I think the last one I, I tagged on was the one that I really like to like sit down and watch with people if, if they're willing to put up with it. Because, you know, sometimes the movie you like isn't exactly what people want to put up with. True. And I would children, children of Men, I, I really like that. So we can sit down and it's watch a great that movie. with people if they want to sit down and watch it with me. Clive Owen. So if you could watch any oh. movie at all for your birthday, what would you watch? Drive it home. <laughs> uh, it's also on my list. It's also on my list from last time. That's right. But you know, I I gotta go with that. I just uh, and you know I, I heard they're coming out with a, a movie about the making of Chinatown, and uh, um, I'm trying to think who's doing the movie. It's uh, that guy that we time uh, team up with. That, oh, it's Ben Affleck. That's who's doing it. He's uh, doing. Uh, I guess a book came out recently about how they made the movie Chinatown. It's very very, very well done, and uh, they're going to make, uh, I guess, a documentary on how they made the movie, and I'm looking forward to that. Cool. That does sound interesting. Yeah. So, uh, before we let you go to bed, Dad, um, is there anything you'd like to ask us on our collective birthdays? Uh, well, I would like to know if you guys checked out which movie stars were kind of born on your birthdays. Just kind of like, just curious about that. I don't know why. Which movies what? What, what movie stars were born on your birthday? Ooh, what Robert movie? Robert De Niro. Oh, shut up. Did you hear that? KB gets Bob De Niro. And Sean Penn. And Sean oh. Penn. Same as Caitlin. Awesome. Deeply unfair. I think I have, like, Tori Amos and one of the Backstreet Boys. It's pathetic. <laughs> Deeply unfair. Well, I guess I picked the wrong question, but... No, that's that fine. That's yeah. fine. I like I like that question. <laughs> KB supports your choices. Fair enough. Fair enough. Hey, uh, thanks for calling into the show, Dad. Hey, my pleasure, guys, and happy birthday to both of you, and uh, enjoy your evening. Thank you, and, thank you. Uh, keep doing good work. You guys get better and better every time I listen, and I love it. It's true. It's his favorite podcast. Oh, thanks. <laughs> I'm so glad you guys came over that night. It was super fun. Yeah, it was. Um, I don't even like it's even. It's a little hazy now. It's been <laughs> good word. It's been a few days, and now I'm just like, wait, what did we? What did we do? So I'm glad that we have it documented for all eternity, so that we can celebrate and edited. it. <laughs> and edited. Uh, yeah, that's necessary. Now that you guys have uh, gotten a little behind the scenes look on how we generally are all the time um next up we are going to review the new russell crowe action thriller unhinged our first brand new movie review in months my name is incidental pointless of no concern i am a figment of your nightmares I am from a reference point deep inside your hidden list of fears. I am rage. Past the point of reason. I am unhinged. So with this weekend, we have the reopening of some movie theaters, which is a great improvement on all the VOD titles that we had to endure and some of the nice old drive-ins being makeshift into entertainment these days. 
I did uh, appreciate that effort, though. Yeah. Not that I went a single time. Me neither. But with all of the summer movies promised, the sequels such as Wonder Woman and Quiet Place, we had a couple of new movies also coming out, like Tenet. Looking forward to seeing that. But the first out the gate is Unhinged, a modern-day psychological thriller starring Academy Award Russell Crowe, who is really having a bad day behind the wheel. From the opening credits on, this film really focuses on the aspects of anger and road rage that's prominent in today's society. But what happens when that stress is pushed too far? Um, we already mentioned that this is going to be an explicit episode. So with that, <laughs> I give it over to Kate. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm not. I'm going to have to unleash on this thing. So... Are you becoming unhinged? No, thank you very much. I always have an absurd level of self-control. It's who I am as a person. Mm-hmm. Um, so the movie kicks off with this very upset man going into a house, killing a couple people, and then burning it down. And so that's how we're introduced to Russell Crowe's character as he drives this his enormous truck all over this unnamed city in um, middle America, um, which, by the way, is New Orleans. The whole film is really, to me, um, it's a testament to white male rage. Like every time, and it was really triggering for me too for a number of reasons. Um, One, ineptitude generally pisses me off. And two, every time I've been run off the road or had an aggressive, uncomfortable altercation with somebody, it has been a white dude giant driving a big ass white truck. like there's been a couple really scary stories I could tell you, but the thing that really bothered me about this movie is like, I just talked about a stereo stereotype and this thing plays on all the stereotypes. Everybody's a stereotype. You have a deadbeat ex, you have an irresponsible single mom, you have a douchebag driving a giant, giant truck. You have a wishy-washy kind of coodie. Maybe he's a sleazebag lawyer, which Jimmy Simpson deserved better than that. And I'm still not okay that he was in yeah. this movie. Yeah. He was good though. He, he was, he is. was, he's always so good. So, and my love for him, of course, stems from Westworld where he plays William. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, the movie kicks off with this, this violent, violent scene that isn't even close to the most violent thing in the movie. And then it gets into this anger, road rage, everything sucks montage. Mm-hmm. And it's a collection of videos pulled from the internet of, of real instances of just like everybody's tense, everybody's dealing with this road rage is everywhere, blah, blah, blah. And it's so stressful. And it's such a stressful tone to take for the movie. Yeah. For me, um, just that intro alone was giving me two feelings like, okay, the world is dying because of this road rage. And also this could be a precursor to why the purge happened. (laughs) and i'm watching this and and, maybe we're okay with it (laughs) yeah i'm I'm watching it and i've seen some of these uh videos before that they show in the intro and i'm like okay is this setting us up for kind of like why this is happening but one of my big problems with it is and we're not giving anything away here but um i don't even want to do spoilers on this it's not worth it but the oh fair yeah one of the things that really, really bothered me about it, and I don't like everything spoon-fed, but we don't know the reason. We we have, yeah. like, little indicators, the news report, whatever, 
but there's no indicator of You why. get nothing about what is going on with Tom Cooper, if that is in fact his real name. Um, on IMDb, he's, his, he's listed as, quote, the man. Um, yeah. And, and I had a real hard time with that, too, because we all, like, I love dark. I love plumbing the depths of the human soul and, like, why we have the instincts we do and how we kind of wrestle with those. I don't have any room for everything sucks and there's no other vision here there's no it gets it sucks but there's good in people and that's the message like there's no real message except for everything's terrible um to to the movie as a whole so you we get introduced to this single mom who um has her own crappy day she overslept it happens whatever and it's just instant tension because you're in a car and you're in traffic and it's gridlocked. And that's literally my least favorite moment in life as a person. So I'm just like, why am I enduring? Why am I enduring this? I think that's Um, a lot of people. I know. So, and it had these elements of other far superior movies like falling down and, and, and honestly, the guy who wrote it, um, Carl Ellsworth, he also wrote Wes Craven's red eye, which I, was considering giving you for 2005, which has Cillian Murphy and uh, Rachel McAdams. And it has, it's thematically very similar, except for that it's a far superior movie. I, my husband and I both, we spent the entire movie yelling at the TV, like, why are you doing that? This is yeah. so stupid. What are you doing? Why haven't you called the police? Why are you, like, yeah. it, get, it, beca- it devolves into just such nonsense with incredibly graphic violence. I couldn't, I couldn't. And even, but I will say, you as the sound person, sound was very stressful, and it 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 was, but it was also the most interesting part of the movie because it gave Russell Crowe's character almost like a bestial, inhuman vibe to him because he just kept growling and breathing. And not to nitpick, but I would say acting and uh, physically not the same person. We are talking twenty years difference, but yeah. My, well, my and biggest. his acting was really solid. Mm-hmm. I mean, he did a good job. It's just that every... Ugh. But I think based on the script and everything, he kind of just, I don't know, mailed this one it's in. Drek. It's Drek. It's, it's Drek. Like there's, but there's nowhere to really find nuance because you're not getting backstory and you're not getting... Right. Yeah. Right. But in, so terms can- of, in terms of the sound, um, it really intensified... The thing I think one of the first things you sent to me about this is I'm stressed, and in yes. the promotions for the movie, it's touted as like one of the greatest thrillers of recent time. Not but even, make, not even I, a little. No, but I would make the correction and say one of the greatest stressors of recent time, because it's the edge of your seat type of experience, but in a way that's not exciting. It's anymore. unpleasant. Yes. It's and just deeply unpleasant. I'm really glad I didn't see this actually in the theaters because as much as the sound was great and everything, I found myself turning down the volume in certain scenes because it's like, I don't, you know, besides jump scares and all that, I, I want to like get away from this experience right now. It's not your French connection car chase kind of thing. And and so I was looking for that too. Like I was like, okay, so here we have some action and some car chase scenes and cars are flipping around and that, Poor police car. Yeah. Um, ugh. Like, and I just, I couldn't connect with any of it. I couldn't get excited about any of it. It was just all so spastic 
There was no time. Nonsensical. Well, yeah, and it's yeah. a short run. It's a mercifully short run time at 90 minutes, um, which at, at, by, by halfway through, I was counting it down. The, my real issue, though, with this movie is tone and messaging because you don't have that connection to this character because he's just this um, nameless villain. Because the tagline of the movie is literally, he can happen to anyone, the whole thing just seemed like such a testament to the volatility and the respect and caution that we really need to give white male rage that I couldn't. And the end of it, I, at the end is whatever it is, but I, I don't, I'm fine talking about this last line because I've never been so pissed off about the end of a movie since Wanted. So the movie ends, you have two people in a vehicle, including our heroine, um, Karen Pistorius, and someone cuts her off and she slams on the brakes and she goes to honk her horn, but then she thinks better of it. So the moral of the movie is that white male aggression has taught her that she should not be assertive when she has every fucking right to be assertive. Like that's literally the only message that comes out of this movie because there's no, like, this was a really hurting person who needed psychological, like you've got that message in with hyperviolence and the Joker. Like this is a failing of the health, mental health system. There's or no background. Like, this is just like, White men still have some power. Everybody be afraid of the guy in the big fucking truck. Like, I I can't. I can't. I can't. Unsubscribe. The whole thing for me is it's frenetic and intense, but it lacks that depth that's needed to make it a great ride. And like you were alluding to before, there's a message trying to be portrayed here, but it's done without, I don't know, without the levels that are necessary to Maturity. make it. Yeah without the levels necessary to make it entertaining. I mean, you'll sit there, you'll you'll feel that stress, like I said, intense feeling, but it's kind of like a jump scare in a horror movie. After that moment, it's like, where's the story? And Why do just, I predict the next thing that's gonna happen? And And also just so utterly lacking in taste. Like, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I think pretty much everybody who was associated with this just sort of needs to move on and maybe not put it on their resume. Just but here's the thing, because it is one of the first new movies that are out and everyone's rushing to the theater this weekend, especially with like- Wear your masks, doing, people. Like, oh, please bathe, bathe in disinfectant, wear your masks. You know, AMC is doing 15 cent tickets today. This will be- the number one movie by Monday morning. And the thing is that most people will go to see it and be just so happy for something new that they'll just enjoy the ride. Uh, I don't know if they'll enjoy the ride, but they'll endure it. Yeah. So this is normally your thing, but I'll start it off because okay. I'm going to give you a first shot. What do you rate this? I am going to give it... One out of five unhelpful backseat drivers. Because <laughs> that kid was pissing me off. Because the acting was actually good, I'm going to give this two out of five Fortnite strategies. <laughs> That's a light touch you've got there. I was trying to get a <laughs> laugh out of you, just a light <laughs> The rest of this episode is so celebratory and everything. Oh, that's fair. I didn't. 
I didn't want this to just lay in your dumpster fire. Yeah. I was gonna give it five out of five dumpster fires, but yeah. that's like an inverse that's sort of rating accurate. system, and then it gets too confusing. Too accurate. Yeah. So we're watching the movie, and we paused it. And I think I went to get snacks. As one does. I can't remember what snacks we had, but I remember one of them was chocolate graham crackers, like oh, the little um, animals. Teddy grams. But the chocolate ones? And Cheez-Its. And Cheez-Its. Mmm, I like your choices. So I come back, I have the snacks. We started to eat the snacks. I don't remember unpausing the movie. This is like two hours later. <laughs> Time gets real this weird, movie though. Is really Time small. gets real yeah. weird. <laughs> but I'm enjoying the movie. I'm I'm digging in everything. So we finish the movie, and the kids are now knocking on the door. And they're like, we're hungry. What time is dinner? We started like two in the afternoon. It's like 5.30 now, 6. So we go and we have dinner, and she normally sits on the side of me, and we're just looking at each other with wide eyes, like super wide open, like, you, you think you know? You think you know? You think you know? Get through dinner That movie and didn't come out that long ago. I don't know. It's been like a couple of years. And we're clearing the table, and I'm by the sink. Good sign I'm high, because I would not be at the sink. I hate cleaning up. <gasps> me too. So the kids are passing me the plate, but I don't have any like death perception at this point. So they're passing me the plate to put in the sink and I'm overcorrecting myself. So my hand is going past the sink and then I'm bringing it back. <laughs> and I did that like two, three times. And I'm like, okay, this is really hitting now. <laughs> and all I kept thinking is, I gotta lie down. I gotta mm -hmm. lie down. I gotta lie down. I think I went to sleep at 8.30. Good, you got a good night's sleep. And that's the thing, afterwards, next day, I was like, why did we do that? <laughs> why did we wait till they were like all out of the house or whatever, but... Or at least in bed. Uh, it was 2 o'clock in the afternoon when we started, so they definitely were not in bed at that time. I'm a, I'm a good editor. Thank you, yeah, yeah, take that out. Because at least listen. Sarah listens. Hey, listen. Mm -hmm. Hi, Sarah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what are these questions you have for me? Oh, you want to do this? Yeah. My face isn't numb yet, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> what is your earliest movie memory, whether it's watching something or being aware that adults were watching something you didn't get to watch or something, like your first just association with movies? Funny enough, my parents didn't like watch a lot of movies while I was alive, at least. When I got older, I heard stories like, oh, we went to see Dr. Zabago. Oh, like before you were born. You made it sound yeah. like they were going to watch a lot of movies after you died, and I was like, well, maybe. that's uncomfortable. I don't know how to deal with that sentence. We weren't movie watchers in my family. I understand now. I understand now. But they had tales of like going to see movies that came to their town when they were younger, Dr. Zavago, all that Ooh, stuff. Ooh, I bet that was amazing. First movie I remember to see, and this was funny, it was a double feature, but we thought it was just one movie. So it was Swiss Family Robinson. 
who I just kept calling Grizzly Bear. I don't know why. I, he reminded me of, like, was it Grizzly Adams or whatever? Oh, sure, yeah. Yeah. So the movie ends, and we're still sitting there. And I'm like, why are we still sitting there? And another movie starts, and it was this movie called Sparkle. And Sparkle was rated R. And Sparkle was rated R for Sparkle sounds like it stars Mariah Carey. It, it was kind of like one of those Diana Ross and Supreme movies. Oh, nice. Not for young children. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I have to look this up now. What do you remember about it? Seeing things I shouldn't see at that age. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, there's a 2012 film called Sparkle. Yes, they remade it. Um, no. I, I want to say Jordan Sparks. Oh, uh, no, it had Whitney Houston in it? Yeah. And it came out on your birthday. Look at that. Full circle, man. Wow. That's Full so meta. Full circle. 1976 is what we're talking about, though. Yeah. So yeah. I was... Ooh, that has almost a 7 out of 10. That's solid. Yeah, I'm, I might have to rewatch it one of these days and say, ah, oh, this is so. nothing. It's no showgirls. <laughs> but what is? But what is? Uh, okay. Um, what about you? Uh, my first, igno- like, mental acknowledgement that movies existed... I remember being at my meme's house in Arctic, Rhode Island, which is a whole slice of time in and of itself. And so it would have been like very early 80s. Mm-hmm. And they were re-releasing Snow White, I think, in theaters. Nice. And um, I just remember there being a conversation about going to see it and being very intrigued by it. I can't actually tell you if I went and saw it. The first movie I remember seeing in theaters was Who Framed Roger Rabbit, and I was so terrified of Christopher Lloyd Mm -hmm. that I got out of my seat and hid behind the row in front of me so that he couldn't find me, because his eyes were popping out of his head and he was terrifying, but I still to this day love that movie, and I kind of can't wait for my kids to see it, but I like... Rory would be fine, but I need Andrew to be a little older. Yeah. Like, he's not. He can't handle it. Okay, I do have a question. Okay, I'm ready. What was the first movie you snuck into? I've only done that once. And okay. it was my friend. You have to understand what a freaking goody two-shoes I am. But my friend Gayla. Used to be. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shots fired. You're not wrong. Not... Full clip? Maybe not. Um, So it was when Napoleon Dynamite and Garden State came out. I dragged my friend Gayla to see Garden State because I was super excited about it. And then we got out of the theater and she's like, Napoleon Dynamite starting in like 10 minutes. And I was like, oh, I have time. Like, we go get tickets. And she's like, oh, no. We just walk this way and go in. And I was like, (gasps) and that was the first and only time I've ever snuck into a movie. And I, it was... It was exhilarating. Okay, second part of that. Did you ever go see like a rated R movie when you No. Been? You were a goody two shoes. Oh, you have no idea. Head. No. <laughs> no. Mine was. I didn't even want to see it. That's the other thing because I was like, oh no, this is too much for me. Like, I just. I kept seeing the commercials on TV for DC Cab. And you know how. Um, for what? DC Cab. Look it up. When they'd show commercials, what you know, they wanted to make this? it look a, like a comedy. They'd Joel show you all the, Schumacher? Yeah, one of his Holy early crap. ones. Holy crap. R.I.P. One of his early ones. But 
you know, like... Um, and a very lesser Baldwin. And Mr. T. So, I wanted to go see this movie. I was tall from a young age. And I just went up sweating bullets. And I was like, one movie, ticket for <laughs> And they gave me the ticket. And I felt like the king. Oh, you like, did it. in and the movie Aww. But it was rated R and I was and only you did it. And I was like, yes. I want to see what it has on IMDb. That's like my most important metric for life in general. Go for it. <laughs> it is. What do you think it's going to be? Um, 5.8. 5.6. You almost priced as right at it and then you hey. overshot. No washer dryer I for have you. That problem. So, yeah. What's the next question? Oh, okay. Let me see. What movie do you have a hard time not judging people for liking? Gone with the Wind. Really? I thought it would be more... I know you hate that movie, but I thought it would be something... Like, the racial messages in it are freaking problematic. But the technical stuff, like, you can a little bit... You know what I mean? Like, there's so many other movies that you can be like, Really? You like that? But that's yours. That's mine. Okay. Um, besides that, I, I just felt like it was an epic in the time when they started to make epics that really shouldn't have been an epic. I can agree with that. You know, like, Lawrence of Arabia is an epic. No, it's, it's just like, it, it could have been done on a smaller scale, but it was kind of like, hey, we have money. So when people hey, we're say, with the big studio. I love Gone with the Wind, you respond with, have you considered? Have you read the book? Okay. Because the book is epic. Mm-hmm. But transferring that to an epic scale movie wasn't necessary you have like a real answer and i have a shitty answer what's yours it's really mine <laughs> you know mine i want to hear it mine again. is love actually and anyone who likes that movie is lacking in brain cells and doesn't understand what real actual romance is and thinks that passive aggressive <laughs> bullshit is somehow a good substitute and that cheese and sugar is <laughs> anyways that's all i have to say about that and so you have like a real like this is like racial bullshit answer and i have a people are stupid answer and it just wasn't Would it be better if there were racial implications in love actually i mean i might feel better about myself if that was the reason i hated it but it isn't so it just is infuriating oh god and the singing i just oh the dance scene everything's terrible so on our next episode we're going to uh review love actually you know what i haven't even (laughs) seen it in years it might actually be kind of hilarious to read we could do a double we could do a triple feature with serendipity and moulin rouge and you can really get me going except i really like moulin rouge i've never made it all the way through i shut it off in a rage my my longest time through the movie is 30 minutes i like once she starts acting like a chicken. I just cannot anymore. I cannot anymore. I just, I th- shut it off and I fling my okay. remote across this room. Better slash worse movie with Nicole Kidman. That one or Eyes Wide Shut? Oh, I love Eyes Wide Shut. So do I. Um, also, I love To Die For. Yes. Freaking great movie. That's a good movie. Yeah. I actually wrote like a thousand word column on Eyes Wide Shut for no one but myself. Aw, that's why we're friends. Like, no one needs to read this. I would read it. All about the, the secret words. Here's the thing. I don't like Kubrick. 
but I love Eyes Wide Shut, and I feel like there's this. How are we friends? I know. I, know. <laughs> I find him to be all all. He's all visual and like lacking in substance for me. I feel like I can never get deep enough because it's all just pretty, pretty pictures. What's your next question? Uh, I lost my phone. All right, let's see. <laughs> At your house, how does your family decide which movie to watch? We used to have family movie night on Fridays when they were younger. Um, these days it's just a matter of who's in a mood to watch what. So I think one of the greatest gifts I've given to my children is the love of Hitchcock. I'm a big Hitchcock fan. And it's not a big deal for me to walk into the living room and see them watching, you know, one of his Universal movies or something like that. Or better yet, watching one of the movies that he made before he came to America. Like, people would walk in and say, what are you watching? But I'm like, oh, my heart. So tender. <laughs> you know. So proud of my little nuggets. Yeah. See, we're still there. So it's like... It's fun. It is fun. Especially like if you when have, I, like, a set night and, a, you know... And my kids get so into it. They're like, movie night? Daddy's making popcorn? And... It's fun to reintroduce... Well, introduce them, but... Yeah. Reintroduce yourself as an adult to some of those movies. We watched Ferris Bueller. One of my favorites. When we were on vacation a couple weeks ago, and like had neither of us had seen it in ages, mm -hmm. and um, I didn't remember it being that funny. Like I it saw it when I was too young to really get it, and I was just mm -hmm. like, "What is wrong with it?" Like, and then watching it as an adult, having not seen it in 15 years, I was just like, "Holy crap!" I know it's that movie so good. well enough that I could do a photo. But, well, you're Gen X, and it's like the Gen X movie it besides is. Breakfast Club. Like, How many times have you seen it? Yes. <laughs> yes. Well, John Hughes movies pretty much raised me. So, like, Breakfast Club, Ferris Bueller, And how do you Pretty think Pink. that warped you? Totally. <laughs> but, totally. like, examples. Well, I moved from Brady Bunch, and, like, people live like that, to you know, everything that happened in Sherman, Illinois, like, people live like that? So, yeah. You know, I did, none of my friend's father had a Ferrari. Me neither. So, that was interesting <laughs> to me. And we didn't have Saturday detentions, so that was interesting to me. I never went to detention. That's right. You used to be a good girl. I am still <laughs> mostly. <laughs> Part of the interview earlier you missed was my dad saying that he remembers me watching The Goonies at his house. Oh, really? I know. And, and she I told me the other day she had never seen The I Goonies. I was sure I've never seen it. I remember watching Little Monsters with Fred Savage, mm. and I remember, again, being scandalized by it because everyone was so crude. Princess Bride? Um, terrified me. I watched it when it came out, and I was scared to death, and I had to leave. It was the scene when... Um, they suck all, they start sucking Wesley's life out with the machine and he mm -hmm. screams bloody murder and I was like, I'm out. And I couldn't watch it again until I was like 20. Love that movie. It, yeah. Love it's that movie. who I am as a person. All right. Are you ready for the next question? Yep. Yep. What behavior do you find absolutely appalling at a movie theater? I want to say talking because I'm like. If you wanted to talk, you could wait three months when it comes out on home video and watch it then. That's reasonable. But, I'm, I mean, talk sometimes at home. If it's something we watched before. If it's something we've never seen. Keep the your SCFU mouth shut. The rule is in effect. 
Yeah. I think that's very reasonable. And also, once you have teenagers, this is a good thing. Take advantage of that family time and do a phone pile. No phones. Ooh, I like it. Like, literally, we would just throw our phones on the ottoman. Mm-hmm. That only lasted, like, what, three, four years? It's longer than I would have imagined, yeah. to be perfectly honest. And then they'd either just leave the room and never come back if they really want to use their phones. But, yeah. If you're watching a movie, you don't talk. Pretty much. I think that's very fair. I would say that um, the behavior I find absolutely appalling at a movie theater is anytime in a movie somebody gets kicked in the nuts and everyone cheers. I want to burn the theater down. I get so mad. You being sans nuts, that bothers you? I just find it such a stupid gimmick in a movie to begin with. Like, it's Have you not ever that seen funny. the Three Stooges? <laughs> <laughs> but also, like, the idea that you're applauding it makes me question your intelligence and also your taste. Basically applauding, period. Yeah. That's not entirely true. There have been cases where there's a pause in a movie, and I'm okay with it. Like, if it's at the very end and the credits are rolling and you liked the movie. If a child swears and everyone applauds, it's not cute. Stop it. There's multiple jackass movies because that thing is popular. Okay, but I do like the first Jackass movie, at least. I thought it was hilarious. Same. It's the applauding part. It makes me question whether humanity deserves to continue. Thanos agrees with you. So, <laughs> honestly, I haven't seen that either, but I think Thanos and I probably agree on a lot of things. This year, I'm, I'm starting to believe <laughs> that Thanos is right. Okay, do you have a question or you want me to go again? You go. Okay. If you could be a movie bad guy, which one would you be? I would want to be one that's misunderstood. Aren't they I all? want to be Vayner. I want to be Vader. Oh, of course you do. Vader is misunderstood. Vader is misunderstood because he misunderstands. And that is the deepest thing I'm ever going to say to you. He went from being a whiny bitch to being a pig daddy <laughs> with a black suit. So I think he's, he's misunderstood. All right. That's Ruthie, everyone. You've probably heard her in other episodes, but there she is, giving mm -hmm. some background noise. No. And the train, because we're outside. It's true. Hey, girl. Any more questions? Oh, I'm trying to think who my bad guy is, like you care. Um, oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, who's your... You better have answers for these Anything, questions Anybody Barbara Stanwyck played, probably... I mean, double indemnity just because I really oh. want an anklet. Oh, like, let's be real. I just want someone to buy me an anklet. About that movie. And yeah. I would totally. I know, and I lost it. Yes. Um, every, every time it's on, I gotta watch do it. Do it again. It was like 15 years ago. Um, no, Barbara Stanwyck. I just. I like the femme fatale role. Like, that's who I would wanna do. And because also the fashion. Mm hmm. Yeah. I Great. mean, I wouldn't be able to necessarily pull off all the misbehaving because it's just not my style. But the fashion I could do. Is that your favorite, like, um, noir? No. Which no. One? We've had this conversation in the beginning. Well, um, I, my favorite noir is a neo-noir, though. Like, I love L.A. Confidential, like, an alarming amount. Mm -hmm. And also, I really like Dan Durier. And what's the one with him and what's her name? Um, Dan Durier. It, I think it might be too late for tears. Let me see. It is too late for tears. Oh, I love that one. I'm going to surprise you. Surprise me. I've never seen it. Ah, I saw it at the um, 
film noir fest that they used to do in Kansas City. They did it two years in a row. I went both years. It was amazing. And then they were like, that's too small here. Let's take it to Detroit. And I've been boycotting ever since, mostly because I just haven't been able to get to Detroit. Right. Yeah. Okay, are you ready for the final and most important question? Ooh, yeah. What is your favorite movie snack or candy? (laughs) I'm normally a popcorn person. And I want to say shout out to Alan because one time I went to the movies with my friend Alan and his wife and they got popcorn, jumbo for all three of us to share, and they opened up their M&Ms and dumped it in there. And I was like, what are you doing? He's like, you don't know about this? Oh, you got to try it. And it was M&Ms and popcorn. And it was great. Not something I would like Was it warm enough to melt the M&Ms? Yes. To like bit. make it like a chocolate coated popcorn? Well, it wasn't in my hand, so it didn't melt. Right. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> um, we don't need your advertising slogans here. Thank you very much. Oh, yeah, I did do that, didn't I? <laughs> um, no, it, it was a good combination, but not something I would like go out and try over. All right. I'm a popcorn and Twizzlers. Not red vines. You keep that crap away from me. Twizzlers. And no black licorice. No. 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 Okay, I, um, I do have another question I want to ask, and then you can also ask it to him, but you have to give her your mic. Oh, okay. Like right now? Yeah, right now. No one okay. wants to talk to you anymore. <laughs> Hi, Chris. Hello. I'd like to introduce the podcast listeners to Chris. This is KB's lovely wife. And I would like to ask you, what is your first movie memory with KB? Like, what's the first movie you guys saw together that you remember? What's the first? It's one of two choices. I'm just blank. You don't remember either one? (laughs) I remember going in the movie theater to see White Men Can't Jump. However, before that, we watched on something. Come on, the one with the house party with... Was it with Kid oh, and Play? Oh, God, we are not talking about House Party. <laughs> Was it House Party? We are not talking about House Party. House Party has some bad memories. No, it doesn't. To you? House Party was interrupted by the knocking on the door of my ex-girlfriend, who <gasps> left me. She just showed up? But she was upset that I was dating the white girl. Uh-huh. Oh. And she came to her door, <gasps> drunk as a skunk, yeah. banging, See, belligerent. The first movie has a bad memory attached to it. See, or just an interesting one. Yeah. And I had to go out to like handle it. The situation, which she didn't receive that well. I'm sure she's great now. No, she didn't receive. Okay. That well. <laughs> According to my wife. Wow. What about you? What was the first movie you guys saw together? He's laughing. Oh my god, I know what he's gonna say. <laughs> <laughs> we weren't dating. <laughs> That's right, we weren't dating, and we the first movie that we saw together though, the uh, Matrix. What the, t- the second one? All right. Oh god, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> and then. Uh, yeah, like in the orgy scene or whatever, she gets up and walks out, and I was like, I could never date somebody like that. She's so uptight. Yeah. <laughs> okay, wait though. 
There's more to that. <laughs> Why did you get up? Okay, so I was with my friend Kyle, who is not nearly as um, religious as he once was, and he was my ride. And he, yeah, that's right. And he, um, like, the orgy scene kicks off, and he goes, Hey, um, I really, like, I can't watch this. I'm going to go. I'll just wait in the lobby for you. And I was like, no, that sucks. Like, don't do that. I'll just go with you. Because I didn't think the movie was that great. And, um, yeah, and so then I left with him and leaned over to my other friends who would invited me, which was his roommate, Ryan's roommate. I was like, hey, um, we're going to go. And he's like, oh, goodbye, whatever. This is too much for us. We're going to leave. And then my future husband goes, oh, I could never date someone that uptight. Little did he know. Little did he know. I forgot that was technically the first movie we saw together. Oh, my God, that's so funny. I thought you were going to talk about when I dragged you to Atonement or something. Which is a damn good movie. Oh, it's so good. My, one of my favorite tracking shots of all time. That green dress. First movie we saw after we were married. Oh, God. What was the name of it? I can't remember. It was the Silent Hill yes. movie I dragged you to on our honeymoon. Oh my gosh, the one after the video game? Yes. Terrible. And the, that guy. No, I made him leave. Yeah. I've been wanting to see it and then yeah. Okay, that's a that's a good question. How I, many movies have you walked out of? Okay, and wait, why? let me finish this story. Okay. For some reason so this was on our honeymoon. Like we'd gotten married and we were driving to Colorado. I think we were in like Albuquerque or something. And there was a movie theater next to our hotel and it was playing Silent Hill. And somehow, due to somebody's brilliant marketing campaign, mm-hmm. I had convinced myself that this movie was like hugely culturally relevant to the horror genre. And I absolutely had to see it. <laughs> and I had never played the video game and I knew absolutely nothing. And so I was like, and he's like, really? And I was like, definitely yes, 100%. He's like, and I was like, no, do it. And so we go, and I think I made it 20 minutes in, and then somebody is, like, army crawling with what looks like a cross strapped to their back covered in barbed wire. And I was like, we have to get the fuck out of here right now. And then <laughs> Ryan's like, what was so scary about that? I was like, oh, my God, he had that cross on his back, and he's army crawling. And Ryan's like, no, those were his own legs. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's fine then. No. <laughs> I usually I honestly enjoy being miserable in a movie and like thinking to myself how absolutely awful it is and how Mm -hmm. no one should ever watch this and mentally ranting so I'll sit through a lot of shit if it means I get to bitch about it I've I've walked out of one movie and I've actually returned one movie to the video store and demanded my money back (gasps) what were they? I walked out of Raising Cain remember that John Lithgow? Walked out of that. I don't know if I was in a bad mood or I just thought the movie was I've, terrible. I've heard of it, but I can't tell you a thing about it. I want to say it's a Brian De Palma movie. Oh, I Which usually... he strikes me in a bad way. Oh, I, I, I like... Ladder. Was that in that movie? No, Jacob's no, Ladder movie. was a second movie. I know it was... Okay, Did I walked out of Jacob's Cain? Ladder? Raising Cain is De Palma. Yeah. I just think he's a hack when it comes to Hitchcock I... movies. Oh, yeah, he shouldn't do those. But I just, I enjoy how twisted he is and how sometimes he forgets he's twisted and it leaks through. Yeah. It's Rest my favorite. Dress to Kill is probably my favorite twisted movie of his. Which but one? he also, uh, Dress to Kill. Oh, yeah. But he also made The Untouchables, so you can't fault him. I know, it's so strange. Um, 
The movie that I rented from the video store and returned to get my money back was Batman and Robin. <laughs> I was like, what is this bullshit movie? I was like, I want my money back. Which was really, really bold if you think about it. It's like, you chose this. Yeah. You paid money to and rent this. And at this, this point, it's on video. So it's already been in theaters and reviewed. And you could have checked it out. Like, you could have uh, known. <laughs> I think back then I paid more attention to box office than I did to reviews. Unless it was like Siskel and Ebert or yeah. like yeah. Siegel or whatever. But It opened big, so I got to see it. Yeah. Yeah. It's like I miss going to the theater to see it, so I'm going to watch it at home. And I raised a stink. Good for you. They did get my money back. Just to get you to shut up. What is it, a buck fifty? Yeah, it's about that. <laughs> but a buck fifty in like ninety nine. Big deal. So that's like four dollars now. Big deal. That's half a gas tank for me. Yeah. <laughs> no judgment. That's no, most of a all. burrito. How do we end this? Um, with a toast and a happy birthday. Okay, you don't have a glass. You have water. Good for you. Happy birthday, friend. Happy birthday, ma'am. Thanks for coming over. Thanks for having us. Thanks for listening to The Center Seat, and we don't have any spoilers for you. No. No spoilers. No stitches. what's next. No, no stitches. stitches. Mm-mm. None at all. If you actually listen to this whole thing, great. Take a <laughs> shot. You've earned it. Yeah. You've earned whatever libation you're about to enjoy. Happy birthday to us. Happy birthday. So next week we'll be talking about the 2004 movies Ray and Dawn of the Dead as part of our Hindsight in 2020 series. If you want to watch along with us, you can catch Ray um, streaming on HBO or rent it in all the places. And Dawn of the Dead is also available to rent in all the places. Indeed. Well, hey, happy birthday, dude. Happy birthday, man. I hope you enjoyed as much as I enjoyed mine. Thank you. Yeah, it's going to be a really fun weekend. So, um, from the center seat, I have been Kate. And I'm still KB. Thank you for listening. We'll catch you all next time. All right, bye-bye.